You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Welcome to Time to Revive. This is Mark Bird. I want you to sit back today because we have got a really exciting episode. As you know, we've been talking about a lifestyle evangelism or evangelism as a lifestyle, however you want to say that, but really more than just an event, but actually listen to someone else who kind of lives this way. And my special guest today is Harold Young. And I met Harold in a ministry that really comes alongside and partners with us in other cities. Sometimes they're in the city before we are, and sometimes we're in the city before they are, but we're always in partnership because our desire is that we work together and we share the gospel and we believe in making disciples and Harold's ministry, as you'll hear, comes alongside that and they continue to make disciples in a community. But Harold's heart is all about evangelism and introducing people to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the program, Pastor Harold Young. Thank you, Mark. I am grateful to be here. So thanks for jumping on. Harold leads a ministry called Courtside Ministry, and uh, we happen to be in Ohio. We happen to be in his territory, per se, right, Harold? And the thing that's really cool about that, and I'll tell you— or I should say, I will ask you to tell us about Courtside Ministry and what that's all about. But, you know, today we're continuing our talk on lifestyle evangelism because evangelism, you know, according to Jesus, isn't like something they ought to turn off and turn on. Like Jesus said, be my witnesses. <laughs> it's just that simple. But Harold, tell us a little bit about Courtside Ministry and what your role is involved with that. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Mark. My role with Courtside Ministries is regional director. So I'm actually responsible for 30 courthouses. But but in answer to your, your request, the Courtside Ministry started out in 2007 in Colorado Springs, Colorado. All right. And it was it was actually uh, founded by Tyler Makepeace. Tyler was a practicing law attorney, and he clearly heard the Lord say, uh, there's millions of people that are coming in and out of the courthouses, involved in the court system that don't know me and they need to hear from me. Amen. And so he set up a table in front of the courthouse. He draped it with a tablecloth that says, need prayer, question mark, and wasn't a big surprise to him. People just uh, literally just flocked to the table. Right. And so as a result of that courtside had its birth in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We're currently headquartered in Chicago, Illinois on LaSalle Street there. And I can tell you that when I started this ministry back in February of 2016 in Richmond, Indiana, we were the 43rd location for Courtside Ministries. And today it's those chapters have increased to 104 locations with Marysville, Ohio being one of the most recent, which was on July the 13th. And so it's just grown phenomenally, but our mission is to reach the loss. And we do that through prayer, uh, by inviting the Lord into their circumstances as they enter and exit the courthouse, because there's so many broken people. Amen. And we know one thing for sure, when people come to the courthouse, something's broken. Either it's a broken law, it's a broken marriage uh, through divorce, somebody may be broken on addiction, but we know 
that something's broken and the scriptures tell us in Psalms 147, verse three, that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds in Psalms 34, 18, that he's close to the brokenhearted. Amen. But he uses us to do that. We are the people, we are his hands and his feet uh, as we encounter these, these people that are coming in and out of the courthouse. And our responsibility is to help them hear from heaven, connect them into heaven so they can experience the wonderful grace, the love and the peace and the joy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I could tell you, this ministry is, there is nothing that I've done. I could tell you being in the pulpit is good, but being out in the community and the marketplace and reaching broken people I and mean, inviting them into the kingdom of heaven is even better. It's an awesome thing to be able to run alongside Jesus in his wonderful vineyards all over the nation and invite people to submit their lives to his authority, his lordship, and his saviorship. This fits together so well, Harold. I want you to describe, if you don't mind, just take a minute to describe. Like, So I know in different cities that you're out there in the community, out in front of the courthouse on different days of the week, depending on what the rhythm is set up by that local community. And part of what I want to talk about today is this evangelism lifestyle. So, Harold, you don't just like, hey, listen, only one day a week are we going to do this or whatever. I mean, you've got ministry happening in multiple cities on different days. Can you talk about that, how that works? Absolutely. It, it, it's contingent upon what the busiest docket day is for that particular city. So what we try to do is set the rhythm of those meetings for based around the docket day. And uh, we start at 8.30. We try to get there around 8.05 uh, to get set up. So that way we're ready for the people as they start entering and exiting the courthouse. So, and we'll put a table out with a, a light blue tablecloth that says need prayer question mark. And we put a lot of things on the table. Uh, we had, we minister to the entire man. And so when we put things on the table, they're basically to give referrals to, to Christian-based ministries. Someone may be dealing with a, a psychological issue. Some may be, be dealing with a health issue. So we have certain things on our table that we know exactly who to per, refer them to. If they need food, we know where to send them. If they need housing, we know where to send them. So we'll keep a list. And I encourage all of our team leaders to establish a list. And those usually can be done through family services in most cities because they will have that for helping people uh, through Medicaid uh, as they come in and they get help from the government. But again, just to minister to the whole person and be able to help them. We do uh, church referrals. We are finding, oh my goodness, we're finding that three out of four people that we encounter, they're not churched. Right. And so recently I've instructed our team to go deep. I says, we really got to go deep. We just can't say, can I pray for you? We need to know where they are in their relationship with Christ because right. it's late in the evening and we know that. And so Jesus said, let's work while it's day for when night comes, no man can work. So Come on. I'm asking them to go deep, find out where they are, because there's three levels of knowing Christ. The first level of knowing Christ is that you heard about him, but you never really personally established that relationship with him. So you don't know him. Right. The second level is acquaintance level. You've been going to church occasionally. You've heard the TV evangelist occasionally, but you never sat down, open up his word, yield it to his spirit and establish that personal relationship with him. So you don't know him. And then the third level is the, the, the friendship. This is the level that we want to get people to 
and it's the friendship discipleship level. And that's the level where you do, you do what Mary did. She did that, which was needful. She sat down on a daily basis with Jesus and she sat at his feet and she wanted to hear his heart. The apostle John says he laid his head on his heart so that he could hear his heart beat. But she sat at his feet and she did the needful thing. And so as John 8, chapter 8, verse 30 through 32 says, the Jews that believed in him, they continued in his word and, and they indeed were his disciples. So that's where we want to get people at to, to, to buy into the word of God because it doesn't cost them anything. And then they would not only be his disciples, but a lot of the issues that they find themselves in, they'll know the truth and the truth will set them free. And so that's the, the discipleship friendship level that we want to get people uh, involved in. And in fact, we just had a young man that overdosed about three weeks ago here in Richmond. And I asked him to had he has submitted his life to the Lordship and the Saviorship of Jesus Christ. And so, sir, yes, I have. I've done that. And so I went through these three levels with him and I asked him, which one are you at at this point? And he simply said, I could tell you this for sure. I am not at the friendship discipleship level. Hmm. Uh, would you like to know how to get there? So we just walked him right down Romans Road, right. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. There's none righteous. 323, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So you're in excellent company. Romans 5, 8, there's good news. While we were yet sinners, Christ made the atonement for us. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the choice is yours today. Which do you choose, eternal death or eternal life? Right. Of course, I want eternal life. Would you like to know how to get that? Yes. Well, here's what Romans 8, uh, chapter 10, verse 8 through 13 says. The word is nigh us. It's even in our mouth. It is with the mouth we confess unto salvation is with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. And all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's personal. We can't tell you whether or not you're saved. Right. Only you and the Lord can determine that. And so right. it's personal. And so I can tell you to repeat a prayer for me, but if you want to, you can sit here right now and you can tell the Lord with your mouth and with your heart that you want him to be your Lord and your Savior. You want a personal relationship with him. And as you do that, he will send his spirit to take up residence in you. And so that young man did just that. And the next Sunday, he was in church sitting right beside me. And so my heart, it is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Why is it a lifestyle? Because Jesus gave his life. Amen. John 3, 16, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it should be a lifestyle for us to say to Jesus, thank you. I am grateful to you for what you did for right. me at Calvary. And we should invest in other people to get them to that place. Yeah. So Harold, as I listen to you articulate that, there's no doubt that this word, and like you quoted, is nigh you. It's near you, okay, in our vernacular. But listen, because it's in your mouth, it's coming out of you, like, and you're not reading it. I I can see you on here, but, you know, the listeners He's not reading this. It's a part of who he is. So it goes back to what we said in the opening. He is a witness. He's not witnessing. He is 
a witness. Jesus told his disciples, you are a witness to the resurrection, right? I've appeared to you. You see, I am alive. I've overcame death and you have nothing to fear. But the bottom line is he wants us to do this in our everyday lives. And this is what he's calling us to do, Harold. And you're answering that call. Now, Harold, for you, like you cannot personally be in all of these cities at the same time, right? You can't. So you have people a team, as you called them, of people that are also living out this evangelism lifestyle, right? They're living it out because they may be having theirs on Tuesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever day that is that the community has the busiest docket day, as you discussed. But here's what I want people to hear. But it's like, but Harold, you're not stopping. So like if uh, you're helping out in Richmond on one of the days of the week, like you're not just propping your feet up the rest of the days of the week, brother, you're out there living the gospel because we are, as Paul describes us, we are living epistles. We are living letters. And what we're trying to do is to get people to read our letter. And people say this all the time. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to open a conversation. I don't, I don't, I don't. Harold, what would you say to brother or sister in Christ that kind of shares that with you? Man, I don't know what to do. I always encourage them because you have to start somewhere. I didn't start where I'm at today. So the best thing to do is is to abide in the word of God, because that's where your confidence is going to come from. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that when we got saved, we are now entrusted with the word of reconciliation. Right. So, and that's why 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needed, but not be ashamed that can rightly divide the word of truth. And our goal, our responsibility is to be able to skillfully handle the word of God, because I can go out and tell someone what I think, yeah. but I want them to know what he thinks. Yeah, that's right. We are ambassadors, and that's our responsibility. I just had a young man that he's actually taken over the Richmond. I, we're, we're moving to co-leaders now, because when I started, I was the only leader okay. for the Richmond team. And so... and. Recently, I said to our executive director, I think we need to have co-leaders simply because if one falls down, whether it be a sickness or whatever the case be, the site doesn't suffer. Now we have somebody that can step in and take the ball and still run with it. And so we're moving to that. But my training with them is to encourage them to stay in the word of God. And I'm constantly talking about that with them. Sure, They see me doing it. And, and you can't give what you don't have. Right. So if I if I don't invest in me, I don't have anything to give out. Right. And so I tell them that. And I also encourage them. I say to them, I want you to be better than me. Mm. I want Mm. you to carry a bigger sword than me because you can do more damage to the enemy's kingdom when you're carrying a bigger sword than me. And so that's I, I constantly am investing in my leaders to get them to be able to reach as many people as possible. That's excellent. That's excellent. And, and you know, here's the thing, because I also have people tell me all the time, well, you know, what if I don't have the right answer or I don't have a good enough answer? And then what if they ask me a hard question? So people say this all the time. And I say, listen, you don't have to have all the answers. You only have to know the answer. The answer is Jesus. And and listen, I've been in the Word for many, 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 many years. And uh, the enemy will try to trip you up in different ways. And I say, listen, I don't know about that, but here's what I do know. I know him who called me 
out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? And here's what I know. Here's what he did for me. And here's the deal with that. Nobody can take it away from you. It's the word of your testimony. So, you know, in Revelation 12, 11, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. And you know what? That's what, when you get to that place, I want to say here, when you get to that place, you can truly, your life will be an evangelism tool, if you will, in the hands of Jesus. And like you said earlier today, Harold, he is looking for us to be that light, to be that salt, to be to the people of the earth that are hurting and suffering and broken now. He's wanting us to reach out with his hands and his feet and his mouth and be that. So, Harold, thank you uh, for pouring out your heart. Before we close, I'd like to just simply ask you one more quick thing, Harold, and that is for those that it's like, I just don't know. I'm not sure that I can get over my fear. And of course, your answer initially was, well, you got to get in the word. And I couldn't agree more. But listen, you also need that example Harold, you talked about it, like you're wanting to be an example to your leaders, and then you're wanting your leaders to be an example to others. Let's yeah. let's talk about that kind of discipleship piece just for a second in all of this and becoming an evangelist and uh, yeah. an evangelist disciple maker. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing, Mark. Job chapter 14, verse 1 says, the man born of a woman, his days are few and full of trouble. And so when we look at scripture, we have to have that in order to deal with trouble. Jesus says in John 16, 33, he says, I've spoken these things to you, that in me, you might have peace. And then he says, take heart because I've overcome the world. And so our position is in him. Our, Our practice is in him. Our position is in him. And so we have to maintain that in order to be able to overcome that fear, but everybody has that. You know, some of the greatest leaders will have a, a time of fear. Right. Look at Peter. Right. He had a time of fear. He fell away. But the good news is this the Lord is always there for us if we want to get back in. To I always tell, get back in where you fit in. You That's know? right. And, and if we get back into that, you know, He's always there to restore, He's always there to heal. And uh, He never leaves us, He never forsakes us. And that, so we have to hold on to that. That's good word, brother. And it's so true because that's the thing. I love to use that same example in Peter because uh, when Jesus was resurrected and he went looking for the disciples, guess where he found them? Back yeah. fishing. Yeah. And he came right back and he said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. You know, and he restored him by, by asking him that. And he restored him back and said, you know what? Just go feed my sheep. You know, and that's all he's really saying to all of us as well. Like, we don't have to have our name be Peter, but he's just asking all of us, feed my sheep, you know, be my hands, be my feet, feed them, bless them, teach them, disciple them, equip them. And that's what it is. It's a continual call to disciple people and to share Christ's love and lead them to the answer, right? He is the only answer that we'll ever need. 
Harold, thank you so much. And and this time is so short. It's amazing how quickly it goes by. And so keep your ears on because we're going to have you back. You got a lot more to share and we got a lot more to hear and learn from you, brother. But uh, I so thank you for coming on and sharing your heart, sharing what you do, sharing what Courtside is all about. And uh, be on the lookout, folks. Courtside is all over Ohio, all over Indiana. It's all over the United States. So be on the lookout and uh, listen. If you see Courtside Ministries out there, go up and bless them. Go up and give them a hug. Go up and pray for them. Those workers are diligent. Or better yet, pull up a chair, get beside them, and and serve the Lord together. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Harold Young, Courtside Ministries, for joining us. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.